Breaking news, WABC. And on the line with us right now is General David Petraeus. And I know that there's been some major developments uh, regarding a flagship of Russia's Black Sea fleet. Hi, General. Hi, good to be with you. So tell us, what do you know? The ship has been sunk, huh? It has, yeah. I mean, it's really quite refreshing when the Russians actually are as forthright as they have been in this case to report that this ship actually sunk. Uh, en route to their port at Sevastopol in Crimea. Uh, so this is the flagship of the Black Sea Fleet, sunk by a Ukrainian-made Neptune anti-ship missile. Uh, so quite an extraordinary achievement for the Ukrainians. And the real significance of this, besides just the enormous blow to Russian pride and so forth, is that this pushes the Russian ships way offshore to where they can't, they probably cannot shell Odessa, the major port of Ukraine in the southwest part of the country, directly on the Black Sea, as easily as they would have otherwise. They were actually fairly close to it. There's an amphibious fleet that has Marines on it that that were going to have been used to storm Odessa when Russian forces also came from the land side. They never even got halfway to Odessa. They were stopped Uh, And so these ships have just continued to sit offshore. They're essentially also blockading the port. Uh, And this is going to push them much further out. These Neptune missiles have a range of somewhere in the neighborhood of 200 miles. So that's a pretty good distance uh, way over the horizon from Odessa. Uh, General, I mean, Putin has to be totally uh, embarrassed. I mean, he doesn't have an army. He doesn't have uh, tanks. He doesn't. Have, I mean, what the heck is going on? I mean, did we realize at what point did we realize that the Russian army is non-existent? And, and it looks like if the Ukrainians can shoot down the, the, the Russian ship, it doesn't seem like their navy is very sharp either. Well, I think, again, what we're seeing is the Russians just continually and repeatedly underestimate Ukrainian capabilities. And I suspect they were sitting offshore there thinking they can't do anything to us, just as one of the Russian depots that's just on the other side of the border from Ukraine uh, was hit by Russian, by a Ukrainian special ops helicopters uh, several days back. This is Borogod. And uh, it caused a major fire there as well. So I think they've just underestimated from the very, very beginning. As you'll recall, of course, the main effort that they had, which was to take Kiev, the capital of Ukraine, topple the government and replace President Zelensky with a pro-Russian figure. That obviously never came close to happening because the Ukrainians stopped them well outside the city. Same in two other northern cities. And the Russians have withdrawn all those forces uh, after losing. It's now probably approaching tens of thousands. It's somewhere in the neighborhood of 18 to 20,000 Russian soldiers killed uh, just in the first seven weeks. Again, that's more than they lost in Af- far more than they lost in Afghanistan uh, over nine years. It's over four times uh, what we lost in Iraq in 20 years. Now, let me caution you, though, uh, John, because there is a major Russian offensive in the offing. They are massing forces on the eastern side of the country. They have finally realized that you can't attack everywhere and achieve everything. You have to focus, and they are focusing on the southeastern part uh, of the country. Uh, I think that what President Putin would like to have is on the 9th of May, when you have the big uh, victory 
Day Parade from World War II celebration uh, in Moscow that he'd like to be able to say we have taken the southeastern part of the country. We have achieved a land bridge from Russia to Crimea. Uh, and this is an enormous uh, success and declare victory. Uh, but this could be a big challenge uh, for the Ukrainians. Uh, this, if the, it, particularly if the ground dries in that southeastern area. I've been down there several years ago uh, before COVID, obviously, uh, and that is much more conducive uh, to the offensive than was the area along which they were attacking north of Kiev. That was much more wooded. There's lots of urban sprawl. It's ideal for defenders. They couldn't get off road there. The, the Russian tanks could get blocked pretty easily by Ukrainian defenses. Very different story if the trafficability off-road in the southeast is adequate uh, for these Russian tanks, track vehicles, armored uh, personnel carriers, and so forth. And that could be problematic. So the Ukrainians have been spectacular, but they still have got to stop them. So they have to have an obstacle plan. It has to be overwatched with fire. There have to be anti-tank mines, anti-personnel mines, and all the rest of that. So they, uh, Ed Cox here, so they're going to need uh, different tactics, the Ukrainians will, in order to be successful in the south as opposed to the tactics they used uh, in uh, around Kiev. Is that right? Is that what you're saying? It, it is. Uh, it, again, if the ground dries, by the way, it's been wet, so thankfully. Uh, and I'm not sure if the Russians are waiting deliberately for uh, dry ground so that they can go off-road. Uh, if you're stuck on the road, obviously, it's much easier to block, uh, to create obstacles. And they have to have a very substantial obstacle plan. And then it has to be overwatched, not just with, with eyes, if you will, or optics. It has to be overwatched with fire. So you've got to have, that's where you want to have your anti-tank guided missiles. It's where you want to have your anti-aircraft guided missiles, thousands of which we have provided to them and they've proved very lethal, the Javelin and Stinger, respectively. You want to have mines. You want to force them to have to get out to clear the obstacles. Uh, you want to have these switchblade drones overhead at that time to hit uh, their engineers when they're trying to clear the obstacles. Again, it has to, this is a very complex defensive scheme that will be required because, again, if they just have momentum, it's really hard to stop uh, tanks that, have, that are really moving rapidly. Uh, it just there will be so many targets that they could just overwhelm the individuals. And keep in mind that the range of the javelin is very impressive, at least 2,500 meters. Uh, but that, that's still 2,500 meters uh, away from somebody who has a machine gun that can reach out and hit you with that. Um, so, uh, again, this could be a pivotal battle in this war in Ukraine. And what do you why, hear? Candidly, this is why Zelensky is so concerned about getting everything he possibly can as quickly as he can. And you'll have seen that uh, there was an announcement yesterday of 800 million more dollars of security assistance from the United States with all kinds of systems that we're going to provide to him, in addition to the already over $2 billion uh, over the course of the last couple of months. Any intelligence coming in of what the heck Putin is thinking? And I just want to add, too, according to Fox News, the CIA director, William Burns, said that Chinese President Xi Jinping is a silent partner with Putin. What have well, you heard, General Petraeus? Well, let's, let's, well, let, let's, let's talk about what President Putin is up to. Uh, look, he, along with his entire intelligence community and military leadership, completely and utterly underestimated the capabilities of the Ukrainians. 
who have been embarked on a years long, ever since the uh, occupation of Crimea and the establishment of that separatist controlled area of the southeastern part of Ukraine called the Donbass, uh, ever since then, they have been working very, very hard to professionalize, to improve their capabilities, to build up their armaments industry, and clearly this work is, is paying off. And we had a big role to play in that. Uh, we've had teams over there for many years, and we've also helped in a variety of different ways, including in cyberspace. Uh, all of that is very publicly known. And he then clearly also overestimated. You know, they've gotten used to basically – uh, sitting back in Syria. In fact, this new commander, Russian commander, the overall commander, was the commander of Syria. He's called the Butcher of Syria is his nickname because he oversaw that brutal campaign in 2016 uh, that essentially destroyed Aleppo. He screwed it. The Russians screwed up big time. General, thank you so much for bringing all the American people up to date, and thank you for everything you've done for America. Continue to speak out for America. Thank you so much. No, always a pleasure, John. Thank you. Thank you. Let's take that break. We're overdue for a break. The control room is yelling at us. Do you know the owner or something to make him I don't know. At us? <laughs> We're going to talk about getting New York open again. We'll be right back. This is Greg Kelly for Priority Gold. What does it mean to be America's precious metals dealer? It means that you're in touch with the hearts and minds of those who love this country, value our freedom, and want to protect the future. Priority Gold is that precious metals dealer. They've helped thousands of Americans back their retirement with solid gold and silver. Call Priority Gold at 888 Receive free shipping, free storage, a free investment guide, and one of the best purchase experiences in the industry. Call now or go to PriorityGold.com. 